This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a, a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome a former professional golfer who played all around the world, European tour, Asian tour, 13 different countries, noted swing instructor, and now the caddy for Darren Clark on the Champions Tour. It's a great family name in this great game of golf. Sandy Armour, thank you, sir, for uh, being on the podcast tonight. It's always a pleasure to have you on. It's always an interesting conversation. So thank you for your time. Well, it's good to be talking with you again. And I look forward to our conversation. Well, a lot been going on. Um, you know, you've uh, you had a great run with with Olin uh, on the Champions Tour, Olin Brown, and now you're working with with Darren Clark. And we were always, I think, as golf fans, kind of wondering, you know, when is that winning streak going to start? Because he has such talent, and he's been such a world class player for so long. Um, you know, and it's it started. You guys have accomplished a lot as a team. So, uh, you know, what happened? How did how did you get on Darren's bag? And then what kind of, you know, game plan maybe we'll dig down into it, you know, from 5,000 feet. Did you guys kind of put together? And, you know, how much fun has this been on for, for both of you guys? Well, uh, I'll tell you how it started. Uh, Darren and I have been friends, and I'm caddying for Olin Brown and, we're, you know, Olin's one of the greatest humans on the planet. And Darren asked me earlier last year, he said, how long, how much longer do you think Olin is going to play? Because I would like you to come caddy for me. And uh, then, in, you know, because I would watch him on the range hitting balls and he was working with a bunch of, uh, a number of different instructors trying to put something together and, then uh, we had a tournament at Pebble Beach, the first tee tournament. And I walked up. On the, the driving range at Pebble Beach has a putting green right behind it. And I was going to meet Dolan. And it was early in the morning. And when I came onto the range, I saw that Darren and Olin were the only two people on the putting green. And they were talking. And I walked up and said, hey, Darren, hey, Olin. And Olin looked me straight in the eye immediately and said, if you don't start caddying for him next week, it would be foolish. And I'm not sure if he traded me for a bottle of wine or a burrito or, but, uh, I said, you know, I, yeah, let's do this. Was it tough? Olin, Was it tough though? Cause you had like, you had such a good run with Owen. I know you guys are such good friends. Yeah, it's just Olin a year before that had told me he's, you know, I knew he had, he has a, a torn ligament in the back of his right hand down near the wrist joint. And for him to have that fixed means six, seven months of not playing golf. And he's been doing some announcing. He's done the U.S. Open on the online, you know, with the uh, like featured groups or featured holes for uh, the U S open. And then the network hired him to do the PGA up at Harding park. And 
they got a lot of great feedback from viewers saying, you know, they really enjoyed his insight and his honesty or whatever. And right after that, Olin told me, he goes, you know, if something better for you comes along, I want you to have it because, you know, if this announcing gig takes off, I'm going to jump on it like a fumble. But I want to, I want to make sure that you're taken care of and, you know, in a good spot. And then Pebble Beach happened and Darren being the class act he is and Olin, they, I don't know how long they were talking, but, uh, he said, if, you know, Olin, if you don't start catting for him next week, it would be foolish. And that next week was Raleigh. And uh, I started with Darren there. And Darren said to me, he goes, at Pebble, he said, you know, I want you to come caddy for me because of your knowledge of the golf swing. And... So I've taken on sort of a caddy coach um, role, and it's it's more like I'm a mirror for him. But my he asked me he goes, "What do you think of my golf swing?" And I said, "You you don't swing left enough." Now 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 I'm talking. We're in Raleigh, and I have now watched the 2011 British Open where he wins and he beats Dustin and Phil by, I think, three shots at Royal St. George, which is coming up this year on the rotation. And Darren and I are going to go over there and and uh, play that tournament. And that's going to be a blast. But then back to his golf swing. As, you know, I've watched him on the range hit balls played a couple of practice rounds with him and uh Darren was he was struggling he had you know he's got power to all fields I mean he could hit it far but he was hitting it to right field and left field and so I started videoing his swing and I showed him I said here's your here's your swing plane which dictates the bottom of the swing and the path the club head is traveling at impact. And I said, your hands and your club are traveling down the target line, which means you have to be very handy. Your timing has to be perfect. Uh, in South Dakota, Darren shot 62 and was in the last group on Sunday. And I think he shot like 75 or something like that. You know, it, was, it just, it was hit and miss with that type of swing, what he was doing. But so Dan, let's, let's get you on plane to where we're, we're not hitting the, we're not hitting the ground before the ball. The club is traveling in with our, t- when it strikes the ball. That way your hands are not going to roll over and we need to, we need to square the club face going back and coming down. I'd like for that club face to be matching your spine angle because if, 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 if parallel to the ground come on the downswing, if that toe is straight up in the air, to me, that's wide open and Mm -hmm. 
it it requires uh you know sort of like back yeah almost like i have to back out of it to give you time to square the face as opposed to well you see dustin johnson his bowed left wrist at the top you see it in uh colin marikawa is not as drastic as dustin's but it's you know it's there jack nicholas had a little bow in his left wrist where the club face is not hanging at the top of the backswing where the toe is straight down. So through impact, you had to use a lot of hands to square it. Essentially, it had more than I think of it. Because I always think of a Darren Clark golf swing in his heyday as not much hand action at all, where it's that rotation of the body going left. The club naturally squares, and just that heavy coverage of his body squaring that club face up versus hands. Is that a fair assessment? That's, you know... That's a great word that you threw in there, cover. Um, I told Darren, I go, Darren, you know, I, I've watched the 2011 uh, British Open a couple of times now, and you are on top of the ball, and you're driving it, what I call uh, Lynx golf, where he grew up with heavy wind, and you see – you see similar action in guys in Texas and Florida where there's a lot of wind where they're, they stay on top of the ball and they drive it low. They don't throw it up in the air. Sort of like, I mean, Jack Nicholas, he was a picker, but you know, we all know what a great career he had, but Darren has never played that way. And he went to a couple of guys and they were teaching him, you know, this and that club face was traveling down the line. His hands were chasing the ball. And I said, Darren, you're, you're a links guy. Let's, uh, let's get back to you driving the ball, ball turf. And in Raleigh, I started videoing him and, uh, showing him. And when we, when he was swinging well, the club shaft, I drew a line on the video of the shaft at address. And when the club stayed on that line after impact, he hit the ball as well as anybody can hit it. I mean, he's a big, strong guy. He's six, two, and he's, you know, he's got a barrel chest and that's the way he plays golf. Hanging back, striking, improved immediately his wedges started sliding lower uh his divots were more shallow he stopped hitting them thin and fat and uh, you think of a guy with his caliber his pedigree that uh you know the effort to try and get better and you start listening to other people and all of a sudden you're you know you're spun off into this world of I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where the ball's going. So we got we got his his uh, impact down, and his direction improved immediately. His shot dispersion tightened up a lot with every club. The hardest was the driver because you know it's sitting on a tee and people like to hit it high and far. But I kept telling him links golf, links golf, links golf, and uh, you need to clear your hips and then cover the ball. And the first tournament in Raleigh, 
we were tied for the lead with nine holes to play. And I'm thinking, yes, damn, this is, <laughs> this, yeah. is this is exciting. <laughs> is it is it hard to teach somebody who's that great of a player? I mean, did they have some pre, you know, obviously he's been so successful for so long. Is there some thoughts where, like, he doesn't want to hear it sometimes? Is it is it hard to convince somebody who's been that damn good for that long? Or when you put it on video and you show it to him, and obviously Darren understands the golf swing, is it sort of like hard to argue with it, right? Like, you know, it's math. This is why this is better. What's that like yeah. to teach somebody at that, le- you know, who's at that level and been at that level? Well, I, first of all, I was not trying to impress him with my knowledge because that w- that wouldn't benefit either one of us. He knows that I, I've, I've, t- I, had, I had talked with him on the range numerous times when I was caddying for Olin, and he was quizzing me, and I had a feeling that this was coming that he wanted me to caddy for him. And when I showed him the video and we talked about the path of the club and consistent uh, ball striking, if you look at the guys in the Hall of Fame, there's no real set uh, address or swing type that is mandatory. What they all do is they hit the ball consistently, ball turf, ball turf. They put the ball in the same spot, and they hit it solid. There's there's guys like Jose, who's one of my favorites. What a great guy he is. He's, he's taught me a lot about chipping, which I wish I had known when I was playing. But, but uh, his grip is 15 to 20 degrees weak, like, somewhat a little bit weaker than Johnny Miller's. Mm-hmm. And then there's, and then there's also guys in the hall that are 30, 40 degrees strong. So a grip is not a fundamental in my mind. And so showing Darren video, video doesn't lie. And it's, it's not something that I've made up. I mean, I, I, I've spent, years and years with Hank Haney and he taught me a lot about that and uh, I've used that successfully with many many students and uh, Darren was he was all ears he's like you know he's he, he's a no he's a no bs guy if he thinks if he thinks you know something that can help him he'll listen as soon as he thinks you're bsing him or using him as a guinea pig, or his radar fires up, and he's like, uh, "Enough! I don't want to do that anymore." But when he saw the swing path and his plane was so inside out, I said, "Darren, the club is only on the ball with your swing right now for a split second. It's only—it's on the—I mean, I'm sorry—it's only on the target line when it strikes the ball for a split second." Yeah, he was, Darren was swinging a little too much inside out. So his club face was only on the target line when it struck the ball for a split second because it was crossing the line, the target line. So I said, let's get the club swinging along the target line, slow the face rotation down, 
and I believe we're going to hit it more solid. And our misses, which is what every professional golfer is trying to do, is make their misses better shots. Nobody's going to hit it perfect. We know that. But if your misses, if you're hitting miss hits and you're on the green and still maybe have a 20 footer for birdie instead of a eight footer or five footer, now you can compete under pressure. So, so is he now swinging more left? Is it sort of like the hip and everything has to turn and his club's going to exit left quicker to him? Is that sort of where you got him to sort yes. of feel that, that it's got to go left and you have to rotate and the big muscles exactly. are controlling this, not the hands? Right, exactly. You're exactly right, Jason. That's, uh, and it, it applies to every club in the bag. Was 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 his chipping even a little goofy? From like, does that when he starts getting inside more, and some you know people struggle with that move where the club gets a little too inside starting down? Was that even kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, was it trickling into all sides of the game? From did his chipping get better when you guys got it going? Did driving get better? Did the whole bag get better once you kind of got his, you know, for lack of a better word, Darren Clark golf swing back, his natural golf swing back? Yeah. Well, I call it. I, I tell him. I say, clear your clears his hips, and then we call it clear and cover. And I um, clear and cover when we start warming up. And uh, thing in the back, he in in two thousand in the World Match Play or the World Golf Championship match play event in 2000 when Tiger was Tiger, Tiger, Darren beat him in the final four and three. And he, and he won at Firestone in another World Golf Championship, and he won that back. His, his chipping improved a little bit. It was pretty good. And his bunker games really surprised me how good he is out of the sand. Really surprised me. I, I I thought he would be good. He's really really good out of the sand and flop shots. I I was expecting a Lynx guy not to be that great at flipping the ball up in the air and stopping it, you know, with the trajectory or whatever. But uh, yeah, it was it was all good. And then we went to the putting green. And in Raleigh, and I, I said, Darren, the toe of your putter is off the ground. Your hands are low. I said, if you look at all the great putters, even though their strokes, again, going back to the Hall of Fame type thing, all these guys have different strokes. I spent a lot of time with Ben Crenshaw. I met him in 75. And uh, Brad Faxon and Jack and Tiger. I said, all these guys have a have an arch in their left wrist. I don't, it doesn't matter really so much if they're, what their grip looks like, but they have that same look at the shaft from the putter head to their elbows is a straight line. And I learned that from Tiger. We played a lot of practice rounds when he was working with Hank because Tommy, my brother, uh, you know, we've been working with Hank and been dear friends since the 80s. And Tiger said, uh, 
it keeps the shaft in line with his arms and that helps the good path. And so I got down on the arch in his wrist. We bent the putter a little bit and, you know, he hadn't won a tournament since the 2011 British Open. And, you know, I've caddied for him five tournaments now, and we've won two, and we sh- could have won the first one in Raleigh. We tied for the lead with nine to go. Do, does the player, so does he, yeah, does he, does it come back? So was he nervous, or is it good nervous, or is that, when you're that great, does that come back pretty quick when you're in the hunt that you know how to close the deal? Did, 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 do you, do you, can you see the confidence growing, or is he, you know, when you're, observing him is did because it's been a while was it difficult or did that's that's a question i'm asking was it difficult or did it come back to him really damn quick when he's under the gun and you have to play for that win on the back nine yeah he his confidence grew immensely after hitting numerous shots solid at the target with the flight that we were looking for. You could just see his confidence growing. And he looked at me one day at Raleigh and he goes, Sandy, you know, I am not a scared to go low. And I said, Darren, I wouldn't be here if I thought you were. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've won, you know, I mean, you're a major champion. You've played on five, six Ryder Cup teams. You're assistant captain uh, a couple of times and captain of the Ryder Cup once. And you won thirty, forty tournaments worldwide. Yeah, you can go low. I know, I know, I know you're not afraid to go low. And he goes, "We're not here to finish fifth, tenth, whatever." He goes, "I want to win." And I, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I love it. I love it. I can't, you know." And I'm, I'm pinching myself at night, going, "You know, this guy's, this guy's asking me for advice." And well, uh, I, I, I'm telling him with confidence what I believe, and he's buying it, and it's working. I'm like, I, I got the greatest job, you know, since Olin Brown. <laughs> and, and when I saw him win, like you could tell it meant a ton to him, right? Like, can you talk like what that meant to you guys? Like for for him to come over here playing the Champions Tour in the first year, it's like I, I was talking to Chubby Chandler about this that. You know, Darren kind of thought he'd come over, tee it up, and you know, boom, start winning. And and Chubby said there was a little a little bit of a reality shock. First off, didn't play a whole lot in his late forties as much as you know as hard as he did, as he did, you say ten years earlier. So there's a little rust. And B, these fifty year old guys can can play on the Champions Tour. And and Chubby's like it was a bit of an adjustment of like, holy shit, I'm gonna have to bust my ass and I got to be on my game if I really want to beat these guys. Like this is not going to be, you know, recreational golf and I'm going to win. You're, you're exactly right. It's when Colin Montgomery came over after about five tournaments, I asked him, I said, so Colin, what do you think about the champions tour? And he went, Oh my gosh, this is so different than what I thought it was going to be. He goes, the, the pins are not in the middle of the green. The courses are not 6,500 yards. And, uh, you know, you, you got to, 
for the average golfer that's i mean i shouldn't say average golfer let's go with the uh the club champion at oakmont okay or or carnoustie or somebody that plays really tough courses and they're a scratch golfer butler national right best player at butler but and you're a plus one or plus two plus one or plus two they're good on that course usually to be that they're they're very good but to go to a different city and play a practice round and a pro-am on a course with different grass than you grew up on or different bed that you you know everything that goes involved with a touring pro on the champions tour you have to be 18 under in three rounds at 7,000 yards right yeah at 7,000 yards we play pebble beach all the way back except for nine um 13 where they put those u.s open tees in that are we don't play those, but I mean, we play, these courses are not short and these guys, the pins are not in the middle of the green. And Darren's aware of that. Now he said the same thing that Colin Montgomery said. And some of the other guys, some of the Americans, when they come out there, they're like, Holy, well, I don't want to cuss on your show, but I just cuss. So feel, feel free, but Holy shit. These guys, come <laughs> to play, right. These guys are still really really good and damn near every one of them has won a handful of pga or european tour events numerous major winners hall of famers on the back nine on sunday these guys when they're in the hunt they don't make mistakes they're not going to fold right you got to go out and win it the the guy next to you is not probably going to crumble otherwise they wouldn't be out there at that point right and that gets back to your point did his juices start flowing and he knew what to do? Yes. He, a, uh, in Boca, the first tournament that we won, a funny story, uh, on Saturday, we're playing with Ernie Els and Colin Montgomery. And the week before, we'd had a lot of rain and it was lift clean in place every day. And in Boca, there was a lot of rain. And the first round on Friday, we were lift clean in place. Saturday, we did not play lift clean in place. And the first hole is at Dogleg Right Park 5, and Darren drove it in the right rough by a yard. And he had a hybrid on the green, two-putted for birdie. The second hole is a straight par 4. And he hit a bomb. Uh, 300 yards right in the middle of the fairway and he had asked me about riding a cart and I said Darren you haven't walked and you're going to be stronger on Saturday and Sunday please take a cart and some purists think that's you know whatever it is not professional looking or whatever but these guys are 50 60 years old and it's and in if the you rules, walk, use advantage. Yeah, I'd, I'd cart it. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, it, I mean, if you walk every day in a week on the weekend, you're going to be tired. I said, Darren, take a cart because you're going to be stronger on Saturday and Sunday. So anyway, back to the second hole in Boca. He drives this bomb down there, and he gets in the cart, and he takes off. 
and Ernie and his caddy and Colin and his caddy and I, we're walking down the fairway and I see Darren pull up next to his ball and he gets out of the cart. And now we're about a hundred yards from him and he pulls a tee out of his pocket and sticks it behind the ball. And I start yelling, stop. And Colin Montgomery also yells, Darren, stop. Well, he sticks a tee in the ground. He picks the ball up to clean it. And he turns around and looks at us and he goes, and you can see him when he realized and he goes, ah, yeah. So we get the official official comes over and tells him how to, you know, what the rules are and how to, how to proceed from here. So the next shot, he hits it over the green pins on the back and it's a severe drop off in the back, maybe 10, 12 feet. And we get back there and it's sitting near a drain, but he doesn't get relief and it's sitting on almost dirt mud. And he goes, what do you think? And I, he goes, or he asked me, he goes, he goes, what do you think? And I was like, well, I don't think flopping it off there is a high percentage shot. And you're pretty good at bumping the runs. I would have, you know, and he pulls out a seven iron and chips it and banks it off this slope, runs up onto the green and goes in the center of the hole, like a perfect putt, perfect speed right in the center for a four. <laughs> Strangest four for a while, I'd have to imagine. Right. Yeah. And we're walking off. We're walking off the back of the green towards the the third tee, and I looked at him like, "Oh, you know, Darren, kind of shit that happens when you win tournaments." Yep. And he looked at me with that Cheshire grin, and he goes, "I know what you're saying." Well, we shot sixty-two that day with a penalty shot, and on Sunday. When the heat was on, coming down the back nine, he fought like a like a tiger. And on 18, with a par five, he goes, which way is the wind blowing? And I said, you know, it's helping from the left. You know, get on the right side of the tee and rip one. And he hit another bomb down there in the left center of the fairway. We got up to the ball, and he goes, what do you think? And I go... Well, we got 180, like 188, carry the bunker. We got like 95 to the hole. Um, I like six iron right in the middle of the green, you know, which is basically about eight, 10 yards right of the hole. The pin is on the left side of the green. And we are tied for the lead with Furick, and we're playing with him. And Bernhard is in the house. He's already finished, so. Darren takes his six iron out and we're facing west in the afternoon. So we're looking straight into the sun and there's only about a hundred people around the green because of the COVID restriction and all that. And he takes his six iron out and to hit it right on the button. And we couldn't see it land because of the sun, but we heard the the gallery start clapping. And I went, no, this, this is, this is too good to be true. <laughs> cause I know he's going to, he's, he's, they're clapping cause he's on the green. He's going to two putt for birdie. Now Furick is, he's one behind us come to think of it. And he's knocked it on the green. So he's got an Eagle putt to tie if Darren two putts and Darren putts, Darren was about 30 feet. 
he lagged it down there. We we looked at it from all sides. He lagged it down there about a foot. And now we get to watch uh it's basically game set and match if uh if Keurig doesn't make his eagle putt. And it looked like he pulled it just a hair because it started at the center of the hole and it was a right to left putt and it went by with pretty good speed on it. And then I really got emotional. Because uh, Darren walked up, tapped it in, and we won. That's, that's the first tournament I'd won on the Champions Tour, and it's the first tournament he'd won in, since the British Open. And <laughs> uh, it was what a great feeling. Yeah, and you could tell it meant a lot to him, right? He wanted to come over here and and win on this. You could just see the emotion. I thought that you know I was watching it because I knew you know you were on the bag, and yeah, it was cool to see like after all he's accomplished, all of it. That how much that win still meant, you know. It's cool. That's it's cool as a golf fan to see that that passion yeah, and, and drive is still there. And to to perform on the last hole to to beat Jim Furyk and Bernhard Langer, it's pretty good. To birdie the par five to beat them by a shot, and then we go over to Hawaii. He well, I have to. to, to well, I have to. I got to back up one more though because I think people want to uh-huh. know this. How much sure. fun is a night with Darren Clark after a victory when it's been about like 10 years between them? Because if I want like if I'm thinking there's one player that I'd want to party with for that night after a win. It's Darren know, Clark. Darren Clark might be up there on the, on the top end of like, like just, I'm going to just follow in his footsteps. He'll take the lead and that's going to be one of the best nights of my life. Like how much fun was that night when he got it done yeah. and you guys did it as a team? It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was quite special. It's, you know, everybody that knows him or of him has seen him. He's got that Cheshire cat grin. And you, you couldn't have wiped that off his face if you just smeared shit on it. <laughs> he was that all night long. He just, he, yeah, he's going to have uh, fun with that win, right? Yeah, he did, he did all the interviews and we, Went out and sat on the patio at the club there and had a couple of adult beverages with his wife. And uh, actually, Glenn Day came and sat with us for a bit. And he had been telling Darren, you know, you know, I'm pulling for you. And I mean, everybody, there was quite a few players that were waiting for us um, when we got to scoring. And uh, congratulations and all that. And it was, it was you know, the Champions Tour media guy asked me a couple of questions, and I, you know, I teared up and could barely talk. And uh, <laughs> but then sitting on the patio with Darren and his wife Allison and uh, Glenn Day and a couple other guys came by and said, "Congrats, you know, you, you deserve it. You're you're a great asset to this tour." The pro am people. Every time we. You know, I've, I've, we've played five tournaments now. And when it's pro-am day, when we get to the tee, all those amateurs, they are so excited to spend time with Darren because he's such a, a loving, fun-loving guy that works his ass off at his craft. And he, he, they have a great time. It's, and I get to sit there and watch it happen and be a part of it and i'm just thrilled to death that uh you know that darren thinks so highly enough to me 
So, could, could he play? P, is he still PGA Tour good? I, I know there's a bunch. Yeah. Some. Yes. Okay. He still yes. has enough pop in the bat where if he wanted to, he could play European Tour, okay. PGA Tour, and still compete. In your opinion, he could. He could play. He he's carrying the ball. Uh, two ninety, three hundred yards. Key. Okay, so he's like PJ Tour average long at this point in his fifties. Yes, yeah, length was not would not make him um, irrelevant on, at a, any tour, any professional tournament worldwide. Out of the guys on yeah. the championship, no names. Just if you don't, don't don't put names in this. How many guys do you think could be could keep a card from the Champions Tour on the PGA Tour? Is it is it twenty? Is it fifteen? Is it ten? Or no. Is it? No, it's 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 maybe eight. Eight, eight ten players. Eight or could, ten. Eight or eight or ten players. Yeah, but there's 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 probably twenty guys that could play like at Harbor Town last week. Because of the course of that length, that they could play, and a handful of them could compete, and on Sunday, like four over second day, missed a cut, couples missed a cut. Um, yeah, I, I would say there's maybe play throughout the year and play well enough in certain tournaments and keep a card. So you think there's about eight to ten guys who could do it? Yeah, yeah. I think this. I think I think the PGA Tour champions is the third most competitive tour behind the PGA, obviously, and the European Tour, and then Champions Tour. I don't know. We'll see what happens at Royal St. George this year when Darren and I go over there. Oh, yeah. To, Right. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there, there's obviously history there that shows, you know, you get all kinds of different, and like I said, Darren's long enough, so I don't want to say it's like the Tom Watson situation where I'm guessing Mr. Watson wasn't probably PGA Tour long at 60 or 59 when he competed there, but the Open Championship, there's a, there's no one type of player, you know, that that benefits. I mean, he's got the right ball flight, he's got the right pedigree. He could be very competitive there with the right draw, right? I mean, you got to get the right draw. If you get any goofy weather or anything like that, but I think, and then the senior, or senior British Open, he's got to be chomping at the bit to that one. How cool would that be to have both of those in your trophy case? You know, but at the same time, that would be I'd be a dream come true. I'm well, St. George to Sunningdale for the senior British Open, and uh, yeah, that would, <laughs> you know I got to work on my driving on the other side of the road trick <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sure it'll come back to you. You've spent a little time over in Europe playing, so I'm guessing, uh, you know, the old, oh, the old dog hasn't I've, lost all of his tricks yet. No. The first time I went to Australia and played down there on that tour, back then, uh, 90, you know, I got to put a good goal. was number one in the world at the Australian Open. And, but the first day, I landed in Sydney and rented a car with a stick shift and I'm the whole way there. I'm thinking, I, you know, I've never driven on the other side because the couple of countries I'd already played in, they drove on the other, on our side. 
And I got there and I drove around the parking lot and did a couple of laps. And when I tried to pull out onto the street, I hit the turn indicator and that didn't work because the windshield wipers came on. <laughs> so everything's opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a couple more laps around the parking lot. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I enjoy the foreign golf, especially with Darren bringing his ball flight down and being more of links like he grew up doing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to, yeah. And then the other, the other story I wanted to mention when you were talking about competing against the kids, I call them kids now, but you know, I just turned 60 in December. The, uh, we played a practice round in Hawaii at the tournament of champions at Hawaii with two, I'm not going to say their names, but two, well, yeah, I'm going to tell you. We played with Colin Montgomery and Paul Broadhurst. And they obviously, you know, I think Paul Broadhurst won the, the open, the senior open at Carnoustie. He can play. He's won the, I think the senior PGA here. And, you know, Colin's in the Hall of Fame. We played a practice round with them on Tuesday. Sunday, Darren makes a 40-footer on 17. Or he, on 16, we're, we're tied with, Goose, uh, with uh, Goosen. He's playing in front of us. And Darren hits a bomb on 16. And it's so much fun to watch that ball fly when he hits it right. <laughs> and we get up there, and he's got 115 yards to the hole. And this, this is all leading up to the story I was talking about, the practice round. He is 50 yards ahead of um, Jerry Kelly, who we're playing with in the last group. And Darren, he goes, what do we got? And I go, we got 115. And he goes, and that's perfect because his 54 goes 115. So he doesn't have to make a soft swing or a hard swing. Perfect number. Perfect number. And it's sitting about... 10 paces in front of a, the right side bunker. And he goes, what do you think? And I had Darren knock the flag down and he, he didn't hesitate. He got over it and he hit that thing about four feet, right, right over the flag, right behind the hole. He got on the green. He goes, what do you think? And I go, it's a left center putt. And he goes, I agree. And he got up and knocked that in. And then we go to 17 to par three on the ocean and, and Goosen's ahead of us. And we see him make a birdie. So we have a one-shot lead now. Darren hits an eight iron, didn't hit the best shot, and there's a ridge in the back middle of the green, pins on the left side by the water, and it hits the ridge and veers to the right, and he's got about a 45-footer. And he, we looked at it, and he goes, he goes, I got it. So I, I mean, I looked at the putt from both sides as he's did, as he, we both do always. And, uh, we started walking back towards the ball and he got behind it and he goes, I got it. And I know when a player says, I got it, that means back up and shut up. And I took the pin, stood on the back of the green and he made it. Knocked it in the hole. Now we got a two shot lead going to the last hole. And I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. 
we're going to win. You know, we got a two damn up. good chance of winning two in a row. Right, right. And we get up on the tee box on 18, and he goes, he goes, where do you like it? And I said, Darren, you see that TV tower? It's 3.30 to the end of the fairway at that tower. Hit it right at it. And he he did. We got up there, and you know he's in the cart again. And I, by the time I got up there, I see Goosen. It's a dog leg left, sharp dog leg. I see Goosen make like a 12-foot putt. And Darren looks at me, and he goes, he goes, uh, I believe that's for par. And I went, really? Well, that's good news. I said, let's just wait until the leaderboard updates. And sure enough, they posted it. It was for par. We got a two-shot lead. We got 110 yards to the hole. It's downwind. And and he goes, what do you think? And I go, I like the 54 about, you know, 15 feet left of the hole. And he hit it right there, rolled the putt up, and just over the, you know, just missed. Tapped it in, and now we've won two in a row. And Now, he's got an early flight. And another good night oh, go of partying, I'm guessing, right? I mean, he has to celebrate. It's Darren Clark, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the story turned a little bit right there because he's got an early flight leaving. And now he's going to do interviews, and I, I get his watch and his wallet out of the bag, and he goes, he goes, Sandy, can you go to the locker room and pack my stuff up? I, after all this, I've got to run to my room, and i I got to run. Okay, so I go to the locker room, get all the stuff, pack up the golf bag, and I drag it up to the ballet stand at the Four Seasons there. And Colin Montgomery is standing there in his street clothes waiting for a ride. And I walked up to him, and he goes, congratulations, you know, you guys did two in a row. I'm so happy for you. And Darren, it's, you know, you guys seem like a good, a good match. And he goes, Sandy, I got to tell you, I told Paul Broadhurst, he calls him Brody. He goes, I told Brody on Tuesday after we finished the practice round, I cannot beat that guy. He's playing and some golf, like, my man. He's playing some golf. He, he, he goes, he goes, Sandy, I'm hitting six irons and you guys are hitting wedges from the center mm-hmm. of the fairway. He goes, I might beat you one hole or two, but in three days, I, I said, I said, Colin, why don't you try a 48 inch driver? <laughs> hey, there's there's something too that I actually put a forty seven and a half inch driver early in this year, and I've gained like five miles an hour club hit speed. There's now the question is, can I it's, control it? But it works. I'm telling you, I'm I'm hitting it further. I'm yeah, bigger it further. swing is more more yeah. club head speed. Exactly. The, 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 um, that little uh, that little Canadian girl that hits it, uh, Brooke Henderson. Yeah. She uses a 48-inch driver, but she holds it at about 45. She chokes down on everything. I'm, so her I'm driver's going 48. As, yeah, I'm going full tilt. Like I'm, it's it's you know, I'm 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 getting real dangerous here. My club head speed with that thing's getting up to like 105. So you know, look out from the white Ooh. the white tee club championship. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the best. Well, this is good stuff, my man. Like, I'm so happy for you. As your friend, I'm happy for you. And it's so cool to see what you guys are doing. And it's, it's an, it's a, you know, you're a part of that team. And there's a reason Darren put you on that bag with helping him get to that next level, right? I mean, it's, it's out of, out of knowledge that, you know, you bring a lot to the table. And I couldn't be more happy for you guys and the success you're having. 
it's from a golf fan standpoint, it's cool to watch. So, you know, continue with it. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, T.A.'s out on the, the Champions Tour a little bit more with, uh, you know, not injuring his foot in the middle of the night going to the bathroom or whatever. So hopefully I want to see that. I want to see a showdown between T.A. And, and D.C. on the back nine one time this summer. It'd be fun to see. Well, it's, uh, cheers to you, and thank you for all your praise and everything. And, it's you know, it's, we work hard, and it, uh, it's, it's paying off. And if anybody were to beat, Darren and I in a tournament, I'd be somewhat okay if it was Tommy. Yeah, you know what? He's, uh, you know, T.A. says Somewhat okay. Yeah, he's playing, you know, he says he's playing well, and, uh, you know, he's got to win one of these at some point out there. He's he's been too good for too long not to have, uh, you know, not to get that first victory on the Champions Tour. He's been, I know he's been, you know, injured a little bit, but he's just too good. One of these times, it's, 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 he's going to be there. It's got to. I mean, in Naples, I think our the second year Tommy and I were on the Champions Tour, he shoot 61 on Sunday. And Fred couples birdied 17 and part 18 to beat us by a shot, and he shot 63. And Tommy's had numerous. Uh, he's finished second in Houston twice, which is our next tournament. So he likes that course. And, uh, you know, you never know, right? Um, you never know. Well, thanks. And for I'm the, looking uh, forward to my. I'm looking. I'm oh. looking forward to my new irons. Yeah, they're they're in the transit. Sub seventy yeah. Tommy TA three Yeah, yeah. And Tom had them in. Uh, play, he had them in play last week, and you know had a really solid first round. And it's like I said, too bad he he munged the foot up a little bit in the middle of the night, but like. So far from, from talking to T.A., he's happy with him, and the performance is exactly what he thought, and he seems pretty excited oh. about, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, he he and Darren are, you know, they're good friends, and he they respect each other's you know, ability, and they like a similar look in clubs, and Darren looked at him, and Tommy goes, would you like a set? And he goes, yes, I would. Well, if, hey, and, whenever uh, whenever Darren wants a set, you just let me know, and we'll get him built for the big guy and exactly to his spec. So you know, we'll, we'll take care of him on that with you know no problem at all. It'd be an honor. Well, I appreciate everything you do for uh, the Armor family, and I uh, look forward to much more in the future. Yeah, I'll be out. Uh, I'll be out in Vegas in uh, in June. So hopefully, I don't know if you guys are going to be. I don't know if there's tournament schedule going on, but. Uh, we got, we got a dinner reservation at Bernie's new restaurant out there before it opens. So wife and I are going to uh, head out there. So if you guys are in town, we'll definitely hook up and say hey. Uh, that sounds wonderful. Thanks, Sandy. I really appreciate your time tonight. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for your time. And uh, like I said, thank you for helping the armors.